Hello and welcome to another episode of Gimme Danger Radio. My name is John Massel and today's guest on the show is author Keith Rawson. Keith's got a new book coming out via Penguin Random House called Fever House. You can pre-order it right now by heading over to the Penguin Random House website. There's no cover art yet, but it should be coming shortly. Uh, Pretty excited about this for Keith. It's a big deal. Uh, Keith has three previous novels out already, which you can get at his website if you head over to KeithRawson.com. I'll put these links in the uh, episode description so you can just head there and click those instead of having to try to type this all in or remember it. But all that will be there. But the three novels that he has previous are Road 7, Smoke City, At the Mercy of the Tide. There's also a collection of stories by Keith called Folk Songs for Trauma Surgeons. All of those were put out by Mercat Press. I first heard about Keith, however, uh, from his zine Avow, which you can get all of the collections and I think a few issues still if you head over to Microcosm Publishing. Um, that's how I first heard about Keith. I didn't meet him in person until I moved here to Portland. We became buddies because we have a lot of mutual friends. Turns out he likes some of the music that I used to put out with my bands and still do. I hope, Keith. I don't know. You're reviewing the new Bothers record soon. I can't wait to see what you say, or maybe I don't want to see what you say. Who knows? Uh, Keith is also a visual artist, did a lot of artwork for bands, actually designed a logo for a label that I ran for a little bit, um, and did a bunch of work that way. But before we get into my conversation with Keith, which is real exciting, we go over the five songs that were pivotal to his life. It was a lot of fun to talk to him. But before we get to that, if you do, if you can, and not if you do, but if you can, uh, subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, tell someone about the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, help uh, promote and uh, get a little bit of more popularity to this thing. Uh, you can also get a hold of me at uh, Gimme Danger Radio at Yahoo. You can shoot me a message on my Instagram. It's my personal one, John underscore Massel. Shoot me a message there or on Twitter, which I'm barely on. You can find the Gimme Danger Radio podcast or my personal one and you can shoot me a message there. Like I said, Twitter, not really sure. I'm barely on it. I check it every so often, but I don't even really know why I have it. Uh, best bet is to shoot me an email at the Yahoo uh, address or via Instagram. I think I covered everything. It's a pretty short intro because there's a lot that we talk about, me and Keith. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to catch up with him. Uh, I haven't seen him in person in a while. I hope to at some point. Um, but yeah, anyway, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Keith Rawson. I hope you dig it. So how have you been? Oh, doing good, doing good. Um, tired as usual, but yeah. uh, <laughs> good. I was gonna say you you got two young kids now, right? Two. Yeah, two young kids, and it's the weekend, and um, <laughs> they both like to hang out, and so um, yeah, weekends are Saturdays are fun, but they can they uh, take a little mm-hmm. bit of energy, you know. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say that's gotta be. That's gotta be much. How old are they? Uh, five and six now. Five and six, man. Yeah, look at that. About to be six and seven. Jeez, dude. Yeah. So it's be intense. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's so different. Like when we got them, they were two and three, and so um, yeah. they are. It's just miles of difference. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not even none of us are the same people that we were. Um, and it's so much easier now, but it still um, takes a little bit of uh, energy, you know. 
I, I can't imagine. I was trying to think about this the other day because my parents, you know, I am the classic accident. Uh, my uh-huh. parents had me when they were 17. So I was wow. like, yeah, dude, I was trying to imagine what it would have been like to have a kid at 17 being how I was when I was 17. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. Like, oh my God. And then I yeah. still even think about it now being in my 40s. Like, what would it be like to have a kid right now? Oh, my God. When I was like 19, I lived in a studio apartment and I like spilled a box of Tide detergent on the floor of my studio. And I was just so lazy that I (laughs) that was just the corner of the studio where I got my detergent from. I would just scoop it from there. You just left it there. (laughs) I just left it there. I was so lazy, you know. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I definitely know. I definitely understand it. I've seen, uh, being you know on tour, I've seen places that I'm sure. Know, yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. oh, this. I'm sure, you guys not... have stayed at some uh, some stunning places. Yeah, like like seriously, you just walk in and you're like, well, the right. van is probably the better option. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I was yeah. trying to think about this before we hopped on the call. I was like, when was the last time I actually saw you in person? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking it had, I'm, I'm not sure if it had to be when Bothers played a show at the Kenton Club that, before that the pandemic. That might have been, yeah, yeah. It was definitely pre-COVID. Um, and I, I think it was, uh, it was either that or you guys did, um, uh, not Blackwater, but what is that? There's a bar on, um, oh man, it's going to come to me. Um, they they have like a nice patio out back and everybody hung out and, um, oh. like we'll get halfway through this and then I'll blurt it out. You know, I remember yeah. the place. Yeah. It's not Kenton yeah. club, right? No. Yeah. But That's I did that. see you guys there. Yeah. That was awesome. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to think, cause I was like, man, I haven't seen like, mm-hmm. we'll chat, we'll chat, you know, comment on each other's things via the the social right. medias but like right, i haven't right. seen you in actual in person in a long time it's just wild to think about that because like you know before the pandemic happened it felt like well especially bothers was doing more stuff we were starting to ramp up more we had a show booked that march so like mm-hmm. everything shut down on my birthday which is the 16th of march right. Yeah. Um, and then like the, the the end of the month we had a show booked with like us and Gatheist. It was like a it was a bigger show, and we were like, cool, like we're gonna meet some people that'll possibly, you know, we'll have maybe a hookup to get a show at Mississippi at some point. Mm-hmm. And things yeah. were starting to pick up. The record had, the first record had not been out that long, so it was like, All right, cool, things are happening. And then COVID happened, and then Mike moved back to Ventura. <laughs> it's just like Oh wow, I had no idea. Whoa, okay. Yeah, so Mike Mike and Lindsay now live in Ojai. Oh, well, wow. Ventura, Ojai area, yeah. So Okay. Because they, you know, Mike had some personal stuff going on, so that it was just like everything wow. kind of lost steam, so. <laughs> that, that is wild. But you guys just had your new record come out. I know. Um, we're actually, we're going to play a release show here in Portland, and it's going to be in June. We were trying to do it in February, but something happened with the dates, and it got screwed up, so... We were like, so, well, how about we were like, how about March? But me and yeah. Matt are going to Mexico with our uh, significant others, partners in March. Mm-hmm. And then Mike's like, well, I can't do April or May because I'm traveling for work. So we're like, okay, June. So it looks like we're mm-hmm. gonna put we're gonna do it in June, and uh, Red Dons are hopefully playing. Oh, cool! 
Yeah. So, so you guys, you're one of those bands that are like, we're broke up, but we're gonna put a another LP out. <laughs> well, we're not. And that's the that's the weird Chris thing. Is so nice that he's like, <laughs> I will put it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is we're not technically broken up. We're not done. Okay. Like it never, it never was like a thing where we're done. It's just you know, Mike's come up here a few times now. He, and... yeah. You guys are all kind of those like you guys are jet setters, man. You like fly to like. <laughs> record and and you know do shows or do tours or whatever and you're good enough musicians where you can remember all that shit you know like that's the funny thing was like me and matt had just me and matt have started a band with stan wright Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah. uh we're we're about seven it's like me stan uh john from from ashes rise and matt wow that sounds cool yeah and it's not what you think it's going to sound like it's more like uh well, what we're telling people, it's kind of like my bloody Valentine, Dino Jr., Sonic Youth stuff. Huh. Okay. Um, but you know, me and Matt are practicing with Stan now, but with the show coming up, we're like, well, we got this practice space, so we're gonna have to get together before the show to actually remember the songs. Yeah. So we're definitely gonna have to do some practicing before the show happens for sure. But yeah, that's right. kind of like where bothers is right now. It's not we're not broken up, it's just like Mike lives in Ohio. Yeah. But again, like I said, he's done that with so many other bands. Where oh he my just God. like learns the shit and then plays yeah. it, you know, like just like listens to record. Like all you guys are like, I can't, <laughs> I can't even play a chord. You know what I mean? Um, And so like, you guys are just like, you're like real musicians, you know? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if, I think if you asked Absolutely. any of us, if you asked any of us that if we thought we were real musicians, we'd be like, I don't know about that. Yeah, totally. Sure. For sure. That's a requirement. You bet. <laughs> Are you, you used to play music. I know that. F- yeah, but it's like, it's, it's like, like, uh, dumb guy punk. You know what I mean? It's, it's just like <laughs> boom bap thud shit, you know? Like, um, it, I was really lucky because I have always been in bands where I cannot um, learn music whatsoever. You know, like mm-hmm. other people are like, and then you go here and then here and then you diddly D here. And like, yeah. I can't get that shit. So every band I've been in has been with way better musicians than me. And they're all like, <laughs> your style is very weird. So how about you write the songs and we learn them? And so then we just get to do it that way. So it's been like every other band I've ever been in. They've all been very gracious. And you you haven't done music in quite some time, right? No, man. The last one that I was in was in a fun, like six piece, five or six piece, like um, guitar synth punk band called Carol's Gold Gym, which was a weird (laughs) sign that they had in the basement of their old house. um like that the old tenant had had um and so i mean it's still on Bandcamp, you know it's fun but it's like that's like six or seven songs and um that one actually did have to learn other people's stuff but they really dumbed it down for me so that was nice (laughs) how long ago was that you said god that was like six seven years ago oh okay so long so it's been some time it's been some time Mm -hmm. so like absolutely you've been just basically like you've just been focusing on writing which has you know yeah it's paid I, off keith it's, it's paid, paid off, off. yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm in a good spot right now i you know and before that i was doing a lot of like uh writing and then also doing mm-hmm. band um like art like illustration and design work and t-shirts and all that stuff yeah um and then finally luckily reached the point where um 
even before like I was able to land my my book thing, it, I I would just got so burnt like straddling two worlds or whatever, and mm -hmm. so like the the design work just really took a backseat because I I cannot tell you the last time that I ever drew for fun. I was just trying to you know eke out a living. Um, yeah. And so, but the writing has always been like, this is so fun. I love this. So <laughs> luckily I've been able to like, you know, gain traction with that. So, um, yeah, I haven't done design work in a long time. Yeah. I was just going to ask when was, the last thing you designed was probably how long ago now? You um, I don't know, three years ago, maybe two oh, years wow. ago. Wow. And it was like a, um, God, what was it? I think I did some stuff for uh i think the last book cover i did was a reissue of uh kath koja's the cypher mm -hmm. uh, which is like a big like 90s horror novel um oh okay yeah yeah and um yeah so i think that was the last book cover i did and before that the last t-shirt i can't even remember yeah uh, <laughs> it's been a while it's been a bit so yeah you got your your new book fever house is coming out soon yeah right? yeah it's gonna be out in august um, and I guess we're going to have, um, like galleys, like, you know, early review copies in April. Oh, wow. Um, and I just got, uh, they're called first pass proofs, which are, they call it first pass, but it's actually your last chance to actually edit the book or catch any typos. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's also the, the version that is like, this is what it's going to look like in the early review copies that we're sending out. So if you catch any fuck ups tell us now before we actually commit this version to the final hardcover novel, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm looking at that and geeking out at all the little typography choices they made and stuff. Cause that's the type of stuff that floats my boat. So that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. It's, it looks so cool, man. It looks so awesome. And it's penguin random house that's doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's this crazy. That's my so first, cool. <laughs> yeah. My first four books came out on a, indie press called meerkat press mm -hmm. and then um this one's coming out on random house which is a imprint of penguin random house which is one of the big five yeah publishers um and they actually were trying to buy one of the other big five so penguin random house was trying to buy simon and schuster um, oh no shit yeah, to merge into a big corporate merger that would have made it the big four publishing houses. And the Department of Justice actually intervened and, you know, due to various like conglomerate laws and stuff that were put in place a long time ago, actually blocked the sale of it. Um, so, yeah, so it's still the big five, as it were. <laughs> and um, yeah, the book should be out in August. Dude, that's pretty exciting. Like, yeah, it's very cool, man one of the big five is putting out your book yeah and it's one of it's, and it's gonna it's be hardcover and shit it's gonna... yeah i know and they're like shopping the foreign rights right now and yeah uh, it's amazing dude it's um, um that's the that's the thing is like i have like i actually have a next to me uh the, on the left side of me i have a, a little file cabinet that i stack books on that i'm about mm -hmm. to get to yeah and, all of your like i have one of your books i have the mercy of the tide i've got to get the mm -hmm. other ones because i don't have them but it's totally. in that pile because i've got i'm reading right now um wayward by chuck yeah Rindig. yeah yeah it's his He's sequel great, to man. one 
to Wanderers. So I've got to finish that. But it's like I I'm not the fastest reader in the world. Hmm. Trying to speed up, but I have like this stack of books to get to. And Mercy of the Tide is one of them that's in there. I got to get the other ones though too. So yeah, I really that's another thing that I appreciate about appreciate about you is like I don't um I don't have a lot of like friends who like I mean online or otherwise who are like and this is the new thing that I'm reading right now and it's like mm-hmm. goddamn I just read that or ooh that's something I want to read so like. I think with music, we have like also very similar reading tastes. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I loved Wanderers. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I'm excited. The so far the new book, the sequel is good. I'm not that right. far in. I'm like about 120 pages in, and it's like mm-hmm. 800 something pages. Uh, yeah, damn. It's dense, so it's it's pretty good so far. But I'm yeah, I'm I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's just as good as Wanderers. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's the other thing that um the random house deal is actually a two book deal. And oh, cool. so what my editor, um, my editor was like, I want a sequel for the second book. And I was like, okay. Um, and I've never written something like essentially like, uh, on demand, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is the thing that I'm writing now is, is a uh, sequel to fever house. And, like Wendig's book, I'm finding myself in this weird ass spot where like, I'm not going to give any spoilers for fever house away, but it ends in a, it's a very like tightly created world with a lot of parameters around Mm -hmm. it, you know, like a lot of like waypoints in place. And then you got to fucking resuscitate all that in the second book, (laughs) touch on all of them, but still make it like interesting, you know? Yeah. And so there's all these like confines already built in place in the second book the sequel that's just like oh my god this is way harder than i don't my you know what i mean like, yeah it's way different i can't imagine like because that's the thing is like it's kind of well it's not essentially like writing or your second sophomore record but it is because right. you know with this one them telling you they're like hey we want a sequel to this new book that's not even out yet it's yeah. essentially that that thing of like, hey, you got this first like great record out. We want you to replicate that again with your second record. Don't fuck it up. Right. <laughs> and you're so like make it in the same and same enough yeah. style, but also don't replicate it exactly to where it's like, oh, they, they did that same thing again. Like, bridge in <laughs> yeah. the first record, you know? Yeah. And then yeah, yeah totally. that's the thing is like I'm assuming, you know, much like a musician or anything like that, you you want to write. You, you want to write what you want to write, not have someone go, hey, I need you to do this. And you're like, OK, well, cool. It's too big deal. I get it. Like, you're my editor. I'm like, yeah. cool. And then you walk away and I bet you the first thing you start thinking was like, so where am I going to go with this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> man. And it's like, um, yeah, it's like I want to make it interesting for myself, but also like I want to actually like please this editor for one because i really like her mm-hmm. two she's really good and b or b um <laughs> it was like a, a like it this deal like really kind of changed the trajectory of my life in a lot of ways you know what i mean yeah and they're like your output and shit and your quality is like we want to make you um an author who is able to put out a book a year you know and so like that is like 
life changing shit, you know? That, yeah, it is. Absolutely. And so I don't want to blow it. You know what I mean? No. So um, you get to, to toe that line between like writing for yourself and also like, oh, yeah, I'm actually, this is my career now. That's so crazy. That's so yeah. wild. So like, what your your process like when you write do you get up first do you first thing in the morning is that what you do is write first thing in the morning because i've i've thought about like no. trying to get into writing again because i used to write record views and i'm not that talented but i was like i need to do i feel like i'm at this point in my life where like being a account manager is not what i want to be known for you know what right. i mean and like i'm in like not six you know mid-level punk bands and playing music is fun and i love doing it but i feel like there's something else i want to do so i'm like maybe i should try to write here's why i'm doing this podcast like i'm trying to do some things that like fulfill that creative thing that i have so i've been reading like yeah what do other writers do they and some some of them are like i just get up first thing in the morning and i just write whatever comes to my mind for a little bit before i start my day and i'm like okay well maybe that's yeah it. So i was curious like what's your process you know, my process, like I wrote Fever House when um, my kid who was five at the time was in kindergarten and we mm -hmm. have a really small house. And so I wrote, I had a desk set up in her bedroom and I would write this fucking disgusting, scary horror novel in her <laughs> bedroom when she was at school. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Cause we don't, I don't have like an office or anything, you know, like we, we don't have like extra bedrooms and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, so it's, it was really just like catch as catch can as far as, um, finding time, you know, and then I was able to land this deal and now, um, my partner is able to, to like, um, was able to chill with the kids over summertime and now, you know, into Christmas and, and the new year and all that. And so my job is pretty much being the writer now and I have to turn in my sequel in a couple months, you know? And yeah. so I'm hustling away at that, but my schedule is pretty chill, man. It is like, uh, I get up in the morning and <laughs> mm -hmm. we get the kids off to school and then my wife and I, uh, play Uno and drink <laughs> coffee and talk about the kids yeah uh for about an hour and just kind of connect that way you know what i mean yeah and and uh and then i go to work until 4 30 uh and then i hang out with the kids until um 8 30 or 8 or whatever you know um so but yeah it's it's mostly like writing is my job now you know but i'm i don't i don't do it like the second yeah. i wake up you yeah. know i've got Some the luxury of like oh absolutely and it served me greatly like at other points in my life and may again but mm. at this point I, I have the luxury of like taking it a little bit easier yeah because you don't really have to go to a job anymore your job totally. is, this is it, man. and also you're doing something you love to do which is yeah, kind of the so... secret goal to life i think <laughs> yeah man it it fucking blew my mind it was like um like i said it really changed the trajectory in my life i i can't imagine that's really great i'm really yeah. happy for you man that's gonna it's Thank awesome you. i hope the I'm book stoked. does great i'm excited to read it <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a trip i hope people like it yeah i mean and that's the thing is like you know um it changed the tra trajectory of your life much like maybe these five songs that you picked there you go hey about. that is a segue right there well done 
thanks thanks <laughs> <laughs> but like i was looking at your list of the, the five songs that you sent to me and i know i know arms loft because mm-hmm. i think north lincoln might have played shows with them at some point okay i feel like i i swear to god i feel like we did or i don't know i saw them at fest i have no idea but yeah. cracker bash the gets i've heard about never heard awesome wow never right heard on. And yeah. same with, uh, I think it's Pterodon. That's right, right? Pterodon, yep. Pterodon and uh, Life Went Pair. Never heard of them either. That's but awesome. we're going to take them one at a time. Yeah. So we'll, we'll start with the first one, which is Cracker Bash and the song My Own Fool. Now, yeah. they're from Portland and you grew up here or Astoria, right? No, Newport. I grew Newport. Up in Newport. Okay. Yeah. And um, my... My little segue for this is my first show when I was like, I don't know, 14, maybe 15. I was in high school, but like young, you know, um, yeah. and I, it was going to be typo negative and the exploited like at <laughs> uh, somewhere in Portland, yeah. uh, an old venue that isn't around anymore. And um, I went up with like older punk kids, you know, mm-hmm. that I like just feverishly looked up to and um we went there and the story i heard and again i make no claims as to its accuracy um was that one of the gentlemen in the exploited may have overdosed and so for whatever reason the show was canceled when we got there um and so we had to drive all the way back home to newport our little coastal fishing town and so then, uh, you know, a month or so later, my first show actually turned out to be a three dollar uh, punk show at a coffee shop in Corvallis. Um, and Cracker Bash was one of the bands and Gas Huffer was another band. Holy so, like, shit. <laughs> way gentler. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, way different, like style and aesthetic and feeling. And um, I just loved it. There was like a dude named Spinner who just tied like glow sticks to strings and like spun shit around all night long incessantly all night and like a college girl invited me to a party and it was just like oh my god i have arrived yeah um so compared to getting you know shanked at the typo negative show which you know i just i think of like if i had gone to that show it probably would have scared the living shit out of me you know what year would Um, that have been do you no uh like early 90s like 91 maybe oh yeah um, that would have been a terrifying show then back then yeah it was probably would have been at like i'm assuming it probably would have taken place at like the satiricon or something mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. yeah i think they were bigger than that there was like i want to say maybe la luna um okay but yeah so but it just would have been like that is like a fucking meathead crowd you know yeah um and I am a, a bit of a gentler soul than that. So it probably would have like scared me off, you know? Um, but the, the Cracker Bash gas effort show was like so goddamn fun. It was just perfect. So that's, that's why I picked f- that song. I was going to say, is that the first time you like heard of them? You just, Oh yeah. Yeah. I had no idea of any of the bands. Yeah. Wow. So it was just like a random show. You were just like, let's check yeah, this out. Yeah, I saw it. It was 45 minutes away. Uh, my friend and I were able to go to it. So, yeah. And so would you say like, <laughs> um, would you say that this song is your favorite song by them or the one that kind of 
pulled you into liking that no game. i think this is like a uh they have other like i bought their seven inches and stuff the show i mean because i had been in, into punk for like a year or two before that yeah but um actually this was my first like live show you know um and so i bought their seven inches and there are songs on their seven inches that i i enjoy more just for like nostalgic purposes but i think yeah. this song fucking kills personally yeah, I thought it was really cool. Like I like again, like I said, I've never heard this band. I've heard the name. Like anytime yeah. someone mentions Portland or you know, Elliot Smith or Heat Miser, right? Cracker Bash kind of gets and Hazel, as I think that's yeah. right. Hazel and Cracker Bash and Heat Miser all get mentioned in that same kind yeah. of breath I, with Portland's like, you know, punk scene. Totally. And, you know, Sean Krogan, who is the kind of the, the driving force behind Cracker Bash, is still, he still lives here. He's still in a million bands. He's a lifer, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, just hasn't stopped. Uh, Tremend, the best guitar player I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so good. What do you know what band he's currently doing? I do. Can I, uh, let me look it up so I don't mispronounce it. And sure. I'll tell you yeah. after the, the song or whatever. Well, yeah, like while you do that, let's check out Cracker Bash with the song My Own Fool.
That was Cracker Bash with My Own Fool. And we're with my guest, Keith Rawson, author and punker guy. <laughs> punker guy. Punkish punker, fellow. Punkish, punkish dad, father, yeah. author guy. There you go. <laughs> so um, it, it, I, did you sorry, find I out? Looked up the, yeah, I looked up his new band. It's the Mistons, M-I-S-T-O-N-S. Okay. And they, they have a record that came out, I guess, in 2021. But they play shows here all the time. So really yeah it's great he's still doing it man is it kind of still like the kind of punker style stuff yeah that i mean okay. it's like um like two like two people oh um, okay yeah but he's still like his guitar playing man oh it's so good yeah this is, is that song is really cool like i said i'd never yeah. heard them before and like the vocal approach is kind of it threw yeah me a right? little bit yeah he's a trip Cause it's like, it's kind of like wisp, like he, you can't tell if he's on key or off key. And then all right. of a sudden it's just like screaming for a minute. And you're right. like, what yeah. is this? Yeah, totally. So I'm assuming you've probably seen, you've seen, you've saw them a few times when they were around then. Right. Yeah. We actually put on, um, I, I put on a show with buddies at like a Grange hall in out on the outskirts of Newport. Mm -hmm. Um, and they played and a, a local band like three local bands played and then they kind of you know headlined as it were yeah and um kids loved it because you know nobody had ever seen anything like that in our our little town like the dude um again was just such a kinetic figure you know yeah. um and then fucking dudes like threw bombs in the toilet and shit you know um that sucks and blew it up and we had to clean it up and the the people that ran the place were furious and you know it was like it was a mess it was a total mess um that sounds terrible yeah so but it was fun while it lasted you know so yeah I've, I've, i really enjoyed them uh every time i was lucky enough to see them i was gonna say did you ever see heat miser or anything like that back then no uh -uh. no okay it was hard to we saw like the x-ray cafe was um a little place like right off the burnside bridge um that was like a, a amazing all-ages venue and i saw a bunch of like wild bands like i saw like good riddance when they were touring on a demo you know oh um, yeah yeah and uh saw a band I, i'm legally blind and i went to summer camps at the oregon school for the blind in salem when i was a teenager and I convinced them to take like our counselors to take all of us to the x-ray for a show. Uh, <laughs> and I had no idea who was going, who was playing or anything. I was just like, there'll be a show there. Let's do it. Yeah. And so these counselors who were like in their early twenties or whatever, took me and a couple of the older kids, like totally blind kids, uh, you know, kids on the neurodivergent spectrum and, and all this stuff. Like, yeah to a big daddy meat straw show um, where it was like a fucking like kind of like a very sexually themed uh, noise band that played like garbage cans and um, like shopping carts and stuff. Um, what the fuck? But it was also like, it was also like tongue in cheek enough to not be totally over the top, you know, it was like a lot of yeah. fun stuff. Uh, but yeah, like fully blind 15 year olds just like you know um rocking the fuck out to this crazy <laughs> noise band in this weird venue like it was great 
speaking of the the blind your your sight your blindness i guess we would say was that has it always been that way or has it have been like a progressive thing that's happened throughout your life no i was born with this thing called optic nerve hypoplasia which is just a shortening and deadening of the optic nerve oh Um, shit and so I have like really severe tunnel vision. So most people have like 180 degrees and I have about like 25%. Whoa. So it's like if I'm looking at your eyes, I can't really see your mouth while you talk, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I, uh, I've just, you know, I've worked with so many specialists throughout my life where I do this thing called scanning, where it's just like you, you're constantly roving, your eyes are roving around the room and you just memorize and map out where everything is um and so nine times out of ten unless we're doing something you know athletic or somebody opens a dishwasher in front of me like you can't even tell you know yeah um but if it's outside that periphery like i'm just plowing right into it geez so like does yeah. do glasses help you at all or no 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 you can't really improve that it's like you touch your finger to the back of your head like you can't see that right yeah yeah it's not it's not like black or anything it's just not there so like that's what my eyesight is it's not black or swirling or discolored it's just like it's like a tunnel you know that's wild man and then also you're a writer so that's interesting but you can i guess focus on that one line yeah i mean i i i almost think it was like an, an intentional decision over time with the you know all the art and design design stuff because like mm-hmm. you get all these accoutrements with art where it's like you gotta like you can you know i never got to the point where i was com- comfortable working with tablets so like you gotta draw a thing and pencil you gotta color it and uh you gotta fill it in with pen you gotta scan it you gotta get the scan right you gotta color it uh you gotta do all the like type and send it off and then hope it's okay with the people and then do any corrections and then you got to format it correctly you know what i mean it's just all the shit where like with books you just sit there and it's a white screen and you just put black words on it you know it's like yeah i just love that i'm i'm burnt on all of the extraneous stuff i just love that like black and white simplicity yeah the starkness of it yeah and just it's just simple it's just a fucking word file you know yeah it's super simple and like i could i can't i'm trying to imagine how strenuous that would feel on your eyes as doing visual art when you can't when you have a vision as bad as that like it just like my head right now i just i feel tired thinking about it (laughs) yeah i wrote an article that was published in the huffington post about it um and so if you just do like me and huffington post it'll come up about that exact thing like i can't see an entire piece of paper all at the same time you know um so it lends my art like a particular flatness but also kind of cool like it's kind of hard to uh replicate a little bit because like yeah i got a lot of limitations but i feel like i was able to turn them into uh aesthetic strengths you know yeah that's that's a great way to look at it (laughs) yeah um now speaking of strengths this is a terrible segue, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> the first one was good, so it's fine. You're you're even now. So speaking of strengths, let's talk about one of the strongest bands to come out of Seattle that should have been w- way big if tragedy would not have struck. Yeah. And that's the Gets, 
who are yeah. your second choice and their song second skin mm-hmm. um like i said i've never really listened to the gits but i did see that documentary about mia mm-hmm. and yeah that, that story is like there's a few stories in in you know rock and roll that are just like just heartbreaking gutting. They're just yeah, gutting. Totally. They're just like gutting for not only because this what happened to her. If, if people don't know, Mia Zapata, the vocalist for the Gits, who were a Seattle, Washington band, she was uh, brutally raped and murdered. Yeah. On the way, I think on the way home from a show. That... From a, yeah, I think they had from a bar. She was coming from home bar. from from a from a bar. Yeah. And it's just like it's brutal. And, and they yeah. were at the point where they were starting to get, you know, that recognition where they should have been like the next, you yeah, know, like big band. Yeah, like talking to A&R people and yeah. stuff like that. And yeah. I mean, it's it's the documentary. I can't remember what the no- documentary is called. I think it's just, I think it's just simply called The Gits. If yeah, I'm correct. it is. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. really good, but I never really listened to the band. And this was the, f- and then I listened to the rest of the record that this song, mm-hmm. Second Skin, comes off of uh, Frenching the Bully. And it's great. And it was like, you could tell, like, it's like, all right, this is, they're at that point where it's like, either it's going to work or it's not going to work. And it was definitely going to work for them. But yeah. then that unfortunate shit happened. <laughs> yeah. And it, like, I, I don't know. That was another like formative. I was I doing a zine, um, probably at you know sixteen or seventeen, and so you was that a vow? Was it called a vow? Yeah, still? no. Okay. This was a, a God. What was this? This was a teener teenager zine. So it was called Chickenpox Blues, but it was Sick. spelled B L O O Z. Of course it was. <laughs> me and the the kid that I did it with, we had both gotten chickenpox recently. <laughs> and it just wrecked us at like 15 that just just wrecks you you know oh yeah oh yeah um but anyway and sorry. so so yeah so but you write to record labels yeah at the time and they would just send you promo shit to review and so cz Records sent us that record to review um and it just again absolutely changed the trajectory of my life like it was like the um the like you know at 17 i was the most like pained uh self-conscious artistic bleeding poet dork ever you know <laughs> yeah. and um like most 17 you know, year olds i think I know, at least it, i was I, that way <laughs> i was over the fucking top man but but like yeah so her lyrics who at 27 uh were actually you know um crafted from a lot more experience than mine at 17 were um but god they spoke to me so much you know yeah and like that woman is just like she was a poet absolutely and um so that's not i feel like second skin isn't my favorite song on that record but i feel like it's the most accessible you know Mm -hmm. yeah and the most that kind of like summates like what they are as a band yeah um so yeah just an incredible lyricist incredible vocalist fucking the recording the like guitar tone on that record is it so sounds, good like, yeah it sounds great the drum sounds great yeah totally great. did you ever get to see them or no did no you... and i was i was set to interview them about two months before uh she was killed and oh, i remember man. reading about it in, in mrr and just being like what the fuck that is so crazy 
Yeah, it was wild, man. It was wild. Do you, do you know the band Brainiac at all? No. Uh-uh. Brainiac was a band from Ohio that was on Touch and Go. Um, okay. And kind of the same story, not really the same story, but kind of the same, like, you know, they're doing really great. They uh, put out their second record on uh, Touch and Go, and they're uh, talking they're catching steam. They're op- like rage against the machine wants them to open for them. They're talking to Rick Rubin about doing a record and they're not sure if they want to leave touch and go to go to a major, but then they finally decide to do it. So they're all geared up and they're ready to, to record this record with uh, Rick Rubin, but their singer, he bought this, um, the documentary you can watch. It's on Amazon. It's great. Um, he bought this um, like Mercedes, old Mercedes, right in the trunk had no lining and he'd been driving it like that for years right <laughs> and slowly over time you know the exhaust was leaking into the car and then one night he was oh driving my. home and the exhaust was going in the car and it knocked he passed out and he crashed into a telephone pole and died and that was the end of the band wow it. yeah it's brutal it's brutal their story is, is just like brutal <laughs> i mean on because on one hand it's like it's not random at all it's been no. such a sustained problem but also like that is so fucking random, you know? Yeah. It's just totally random. And that's the thing is no one that's the thing is everyone in the band when they they're talking about it, they're like, no one, you know, it's not like a random act of violence. Like, you know, I'm not trying to compare what happened to him to Mia, but right. like all the guys in Brainiac were like, no one thought you could die like that. Right. Like we all thought well, if you're gonna die from exhaust, you gotta sit into in a in a yeah totally totally. but and that is the weird thing with the zapata killing too because they law enforcement at the time was like it was a friend of hers it was targeted you know yada 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 and then if you like watch this documentary like um i mean dna is by no means 100 accurate you know like Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff is fucked up before certainly but like the do the her killer it was just a fucking like uh in the wrong place at the wrong time thing you know so it also wasn't a premeditated thing like yeah just crazy yeah. did they they it's caught the guy right yeah they did okay yeah that's so wild well anyway yeah. <laughs> um on that upswing yeah you know? on that up on that up note um let's play the gets track second skin uh from their record frenching the bully
That was the Gits with Second Skin from their LP, Frenching the Bully. And you're here with my guest, Keith Rawson, author, older punker guy. And we're hanging out talking about the five songs that have shaped his life or that are very important to him. Up next on the list, we have the song Skinny Love by the band Arms Aloft. And when you first sent that to me, I legit thought it was a cover of that Bon Iver song, Skinny Love. Do you I don't know that, know that one. You don't know that one? It was like the big popular song in like, I want to say like 2009, 2010. Um, It's really good. I'm sure I would recognize it if I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a popular, you know, uh, acoustic guitar song, singer, songwriter song that every college girl with a pixie haircut liked back then, you know? Right, right. And I like it. Yeah, I'm sure I would be like, oh yeah, that song. But yeah, Yeah. I don't don't think I've actually willfully listened to that band. Um, I mean his it's it that's the funny thing is now it's like this huge thing that bone of air thing it's like big mm-hmm. it's like a full band but that record that that song comes off of it it was literally recorded that's kind of funny that you have this song on there or on here because this band is from eau claire wisconsin correct yeah okay he the bone of air guy is actually from eau claire wisconsin as well maybe they just named it after it yeah, after that's, his song or something <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, because like he, what he did is he like went through some terrible, you know, mid late twenties breakup, right, and then went to right. a cabin in the middle of nowhere and recorded this album. Like, it's got to be a reference to that. Yeah, it yeah, has to. It be. has to be. Um. So yeah, when I saw that, I was like, it's got to be something. But how did you, how did you first come across or hear about Arms Loft? Honestly, I the ninety five percent of the music that I'm exposed to. Uh, these days is just due to being like a long time razor cake reviewer uh razor cakes like a, a non-profit like punk centric music magazine um comes out bi-monthly and i've just reviewed records for them like 20 not 20 years 15 year for 15 it's been years. 15 and years I, now <laughs> i think oh yeah i think so um, that's wild yeah and uh so i just got their uh comfort at any cost EP, which is like one of the first things that they did yeah uh songs on there and uh i put um i selected this song for no other reason than i think it is the best breakup song pop punk breakup song i've ever heard like lyrically musically like it is just fucking perfect and i love this band so much because they're this like stridently political band mm-hmm leftist band that doesn't bludgeon you over the head with it and they like kind of moor it in personal politics um, yeah yeah just, like subtle it's subtle yeah and it's smart they're smart they're yeah. they're maybe too smart for their own good you know i just <laughs> i love the hell out of the band um i was gonna say when i first heard it the the guitar like the little guitar lead mm-hmm. if that's what we would call that it's right that's what hooks you is the guitar yeah. lead for sure yeah and how it fits it sound like when i first heard it and like the main riff of the song and that lead over it i was like right. for some reason it feels like it shouldn't work yeah but it does really just, well like the like emotional utter like exhaustion and and being like wrung out of like a, a breakup they mm-hmm. just get in lyrically so well you know yeah and like the, uh, the other thing that struck me when I was listening to it, his vocals, I mean, I know this is probably of the time, 
but his mm-hmm. vocal like immediately the first thing i thought is it reminded me of uh brendan kelly from lawrence arms oh, okay i, I don't know if that. You, sure that or like it reminds me of uh north lincoln did a tour in europe with this band called yumi and the atom bomb mm-hmm. and his voice sounds like the singer for yumi and the atom bomb and i was like wait a minute that sounds yeah. just like this guy tim <laughs> right right yeah and i mean he's still got that that particular cadence and rasp and everything in the rest of their records so i don't i'm gonna i don't think it's an affectation you know because i mean mm-hmm. they put out a record like two years ago um yeah yeah that is i want to say it, i hope it was two years ago um it'd probably it'd probably be like you know that's the thing is i've noticed like time since the pandemic oh has happened i've lost yeah. it so like i'm like man it's didn't that record seven come out? years ago yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you're like didn't that come out like a year or two ago and you look right. at it and you're like huh 2016 yep exactly yep (laughs) but that's part of me part of me is also just like you know when i start thinking about something that happened shit which is now 20 years ago Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like 20 years ago yeah totally and that's how i'm starting to realize that i'm old (laughs) yeah it's it's a trip man time like it's what is time literally is passing faster you know yeah it's so ridiculous and i you know you you're told when you you know graduate high school at least the teachers would tell us you know because when you're in school you're like man time cannot oh, yeah. move any fucking slower than what right. it's doing right now and then every teacher's like when you get out of school time is just yeah, gonna go by like, like that and yeah. you're like whatever fuck you dad <laughs> yep and there were people like 200 years ago having this exact same conversation. You know oh, what I mean? For like, sure. And time, she just passes slower or faster <laughs> now, you know? like yeah. But I honestly think, I don't know if you think this, but I feel that with the emergence of constant, you know, um, you know, what is it? We're constantly, we're, we're constantly surrounded by social media and like, um, you know, constant news, you know, it's always, something's always happening on your phone. You're constantly, you're always up to date Mm -hmm. on something and you have a phone or whatever it may be, but it feels like with the emergence of that instant media or, um, the instant gratification of social media, what that feels to me like it's making time go by a lot quicker. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that. Right, right. Because if you yeah. took that away and you think about your day, like if I thought about what our days would be like today without the cell phone or the 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 internet, the way the internet is now, if it was still like the fucking AOL dial up and it never progressed from that, mm-hmm. things would be a lot different. <laughs> yeah, you're like in Lower. your body a lot more. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, um, you know, you have to like, reference the same 50 books or 50 fanzines or you know 50 <laughs> other pieces of like stationary media yeah versus this like unending influx of information you know yeah and i i i try to do the thing you know like when we were trying to gr- guess the the guy from cracker bash's new band and yeah. you're like you know I'll, I'll look it up real quick on on the break or whatever that may be right i still try to not look a lot of things up i still try to just like think about them a little bit yeah. longer just like i tell my wife to like you know if we're doing something and i'm like trying to remember something she's like well let me just watch she's like why don't you just google it or i can google it I'm right like, no don't do it yet just give me a few minutes so i can like use this thing that's, that's... in my skull <laughs> right and that's why you make 
make it an extra year before the dementia gets you. Like, well done. Well done, John. Right hey, on. there it is. You know? <laughs> there like, it you're, is. you're using it. You're using, you're using the pie for what it's for, man. Good job. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying. So before we get into the, the arms aloft song here and before I play it, I was going to ask you this question now being, you know, you wrote fanzines, you've had a vow and you're, you know, you're doing books and all this stuff. You're an author, blah, blah, blah. Does, does, have you ever had a song or a record or any kind of, you know, something like that song or record that have triggered an idea for a book or a story? Oh God. Can I think about that for a second? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, nothing like brazen, like, uh, off the top of my head, but yeah, let me think if, if there are any kernels of like short stories or anything yeah, yeah. come from that. Well, while you think, let's listen to Arms Aloft and the song Skinny Love. Uh, I got it off the Sawdust City LP. Okay, uh, yeah, different version, still good. Still good, different version, but still great song. Anyway, Arms Aloft, Skinny Love. <laughs> Shaking, pulled up on 
That was Arms Aloft with the song Skinny Love from their LP Sawdust City. And you are with my guest, Keith Rawson, author, punker guy. I've said that numerous times now. So you know who he is. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we were, you know, I asked you that question. You're probably still thinking on it. But while you're thinking on that, where, not giving anything away, how did the idea come about for Fever House? Um, The... I wrote, there's a character in, in the book called uh, a guy named Hutch Holtz. And he is a massive dude who um, has this like kind of jack-o'-lantern head <laughs> from when he got his head shut in a Ford passenger van for mouthing off to the wrong dudes. And he showed up in like two previous novels that never went anywhere. Oh really? And he, I, he just wouldn't. The dude. I mean, it sounds dorky, but he just would not leave me alone. Like I kept wanting to write about this dude, and mm-hmm. um, so he kind of became the like focal point of the book in a lot of ways. And then the way I write is, I just like I pick. This is a cool thing I want to write about. This is a cool thing. This is a cool thing, and I just get this like tapestry of stuff, and then I figure out a way to like wind them all together. And so um, he was kind of the like Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, but then there were all these other like government agency stuff. Um, I don't know, number stations. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. So all these disparate elements. And then you like write a little bit about them. And then you just spend a lot of time thinking like, how can we thread this all together? Yeah. How so, can they connect? Yeah. And so that question you asked was really good about like, you know, what song or record has served as like, you know, the fuel for any of this creative stuff. And like, I, I don't know, honestly, where, if there's a singular idea where any of this stuff comes from. And if there is, I haven't done a good job of keeping track of it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So beyond that guy and the, the like two failed half novels before fever house, um, I don't know what, uh, what started this book really I, I mean honestly like the first 20 pages of Fever House are lifted from another book and then like just tweaked a bit you know yeah I mean is it like a thing where you just get this idea and you get this urge to like sit down and you're like I gotta get this out right now at least if, like the sketch of it so you don't yeah it. and if if writing is going really good for me um, I have no I never like plot a novel like there are mm-hmm. people that do that and they're very successful at it and yada yada i have no idea how shit's going to end when i start a book and if i'm really lucky and if the writing's going well i'll get like an idea or two ahead like a chapter or two ahead of of things that i want to happen so i just kind of like push my way through the brush as Mm -hmm. i go you know yeah and i have like like i write the draft but i also keep a separate document that's like a really loosely based collection of notes and like plot points and like remember this guy you know smoked cigarettes so have him like jonesing for a cigarette you know a couple hours later in this scene like that sort of thing um Mm. but beyond that it's all just you just make it up as you go you know so are you sometimes are you some are you just as excited 
when you get yeah. to an ending as was the reader would be like you're like yeah oh, and i'm excited I, right for them to read or it. terrified and like yeah, yeah. you know i like most writers i vacillate between like oh this is good to oh this is the dumbest thing i've ever written in my entire life <laughs> you know i mean um, it happens with i think it happens with anybody in any kind of creative space yeah it's got to be it's got to be like just part of the process you know i mean it is it totally i mean you know when i'm i'm not i don't write songs like i don't know how to play guitar but i help arrange and yeah. organize and write yeah, totally. these songs and there's times when we finish something and we're like i don't know about this and then you play it for people <laughs> yeah i don't know about this and you play it for people and they're like this is actually really good and in 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 your head you're still going yeah but i still don't know about that dude i yeah i i mean i was like um i was not feeling like fever house was my strongest novel you know yeah um and I like I I worked on it a lot, and then I was able to. I had fired a, a previous agent a couple years before that, and so I was just kind of like in the dark, mm-hmm. um, and just like sent it out to people, and um, finally got a bite from an agent, and then the book sold in like eight days to Random Holy House. Shit. Yeah, and that was over a weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that was like <laughs> we sent it on a Tuesday yeah um or no we sent it on a thursday it was even less than um eight days it was like six days like we sent it on a thursday Mm -hmm. and the my editor sent her uh had her team read it she read it that night and emailed my uh agent like is there a sequel and he's like that's good news keith and then she had her team read it over the weekend Mm -hmm. and um on Tuesday, she and I talked on the phone, and then Wednesday she made an offer. Um, Holy so, shit! Yeah, it's like it was crazy. It was that's so like crazy, crazy fast. <laughs> yeah, and um, so, but again, like yeah, it's like you said, like I, I liked the book, but I didn't feel like it was maybe my strongest book, you know. Mm, but you still yeah. got to fling it out there and try that's Um, the thing yeah you just got you've got to do that that's just what it is yeah it's just part of the you either uh put it out there until resoundingly you get no's or you get a yes you know what what was the first what was the first thing you wrote that you started getting noticed for was that a vow yeah i i mean i like like your first kind of like you know not you like underground like kind of like Dude, when, like, yeah, things. when Tower Records took a uh, hundred and fifty copies of a vow, I was like, "Fuck yes, <laughs> national distribution, baby!" Sick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or like being, you know, a vow getting in like the Zine Yearbook or whatever. That was like kind of a big deal at the That's time. That's cool. You know, like thirty years ago or twenty-five years ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, is that, is yeah, that even a thing? Is that the zine yearbook? Is that a thing still? I don't think it is anymore. No. And again, I'm like, I'm, I keep talking about one of these days doing another issue of a vow. Like my last issue came out 10 years ago, 11 that's, years ago. That's insane to think about that. I know that, that long ago. <laughs> and so I keep saying like when I hit a, uh, a nice break spot with other writing projects, I'm going to um, put out a zine. And mm-hmm. like, I don't know when that's going to happen, you know, but I'd still like to. 
Yeah. Have you ever done like a, have they been collected? I think. Yeah, they've been collected in a couple different um, anthologies at this point. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. But again, like, I haven't like, they're all from when I was, you know, it's like uh, so long ago. Yeah, it's like and reading, it just, it's like listening to your high school band. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not, it's not something I'm into or like, yeah, particularly like, uh, you know, excited about. Um, I, I did a lot of work. I worked really hard creatively, um, oh, yeah. but like, it's just not something I'm super stoked on these days. No, I wonder, I wonder if there's still, cause like there's, there's like a zine culture still mm -hmm. around. Totally. Yeah. I mean, which is really cool to know that in this day and age of like digital mayhem yeah. and blog posts and all that stuff that there's still, you know, kids out there, people that are and it's it's way zine. harder to get your zine printed nowadays you know what i mean like yeah christ where are the kinkos these days i know i mean i just went to i had to get i had to print some i like printing physical things sometimes mm -hmm. for my work and so i had to go to the kinkos fedex place on you know whatever grand or mlk or whatever that is yeah and, uh, it costs like 14 bucks to print like five pages or some shit. Right? I, was like, I was like, well, that's the last time I'm doing that. Yeah, totally. I know. Right. So like, yeah, where... it's like <laughs> having that buddy with the Kinko's hookup. Like what a fucking dream. Yeah. I, remember, I, I used to do ooh. that shit with flyers. <laughs> yeah. Like I had friends who like at various coffee places, like thousands of copies of my fanzine and I would walk there. <laughs> and then carry them home and like miles each way you know what i mean yeah but, like it was so worth it that was a different time yeah right <laughs> completely different time uh well let's go to your uh next song here that's not a very good transition but whatever <laughs> uh this is my this is a podcast no one like maybe yeah, who gives uh, a shit who gives a shit it's fine right um so the next song in your list, song number four, is by the band Pterodon. It's the song Iron Lung, and it's from their record Viva. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I noticed that this was on quote-unquote Jeff Rosenstock's, uh, yeah. uh, what is it, pay donation-based label. Mm -hmm. Was this another thing, another record that you came across from reviewing records at Razor Cake? Yeah, they actually sent their demo uh, many, many, many years ago uh, to mm -hmm. me. And... Um, I, the, it was a CDR cause that's how we did it back then. Oh yeah. And, um, it was spray painted if I remember and they had spray painted, spray painted had gotten on the bottom of it. Um, <laughs> and so I couldn't play it. And so I wrote that in the review and surprisingly like Todd, the editor of razor cake ran that versus normally he'd just be like, yeah, fuck it. We'll just like not worry about it. Yeah. But he ran that. So then they're like, Oh shit. So they sent it to me again. And it was the fucking best demo I'd ever heard. And I actually prefer the demo version to the version here. Um, mm -hmm. But um, it was at a time in my life where like my band I was in was, we were, you know, pretty active and I was like very active in like punk and DIY music and um, played shows with these guys. And they had like a kind of like uh, sister band called Shinobu. Oh and, yeah, um, yeah. I'm familiar with yeah, that. Yeah, so Mike from Shinobu is in Jeff Rosenstock's band. And okay. um 
so all that all those dudes are like really tightly you know connected to each other and and just like just brings up a lot of good feelings about like uh the interconnectedness of the scene you know and of diy music in general so that's why i picked this song it's a good one, man. I I've never yeah. heard of them. I've never I never heard of it. <laughs> like, oh, they're they're so fun. They were so good. Where were they from? Uh, I want to say, God damn it. Um, it's like the Bay. Yeah, Bay-ish. It's again. It'll be a thing that I mention. Uh, I'll tell you later as soon as yeah. I remember it. Um, but yeah, like Southern California. So, how long ago was that when you played shows with them? This was probably like, uh, I'm going to say like 15 years ago. And then they went on to be in Hard Girls. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Isn't that Jesse that. Michaels thing? No. They, well, they were also, a couple of these dudes were also in, um, uh, God, what was the band that they were in with him? Um, I'll have to look it up. It was an Asian man band that he did with the um, Hard Girls guys. and Oh, um, um it's not common rider, is it? No, no. And it's, it's um, what is it? We're gonna think of it. We're gonna. I'm gonna think like... about. We're gonna. We're gonna have dead air thinking about what Jesse Michaels yeah, band. Right. Um, something love. Right. Classics of love. Classics of love. Yes. Yeah, so it's the classics of love guys. Okay. Um, so they had like bands after Teradon, and again, like Shinobu and. Caradon and a couple other guys, all that they all cross pollinated into these, you know, various other offshoots and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was just such a vibrant, fun time doing like we did a couple just terrible <laughs> tours with neckties, not knowing what we were doing, none of us having any touring experience, all of us being like very fragile, mm -hmm. uh, you know, grumpy dudes. So, yeah. but it was so fun, you know. I mean, touring was like we, I was going to, how many tours have you done? I've only done two. Two. two okay. And we were talking about it. At the, I just started a new band with a couple guys with, uh, I'm not sure if you remember the band Lock and Key from way back in the day. No. Huh? Um, well, Matt, well, my buddy Mike and a couple other friends of mine, Ryan and another Mike, we're starting to play music together. We're, you know, all of us are now in our forties. Right. getting up there and we're like you know does anybody want to tour and we're like if i ever tour again it's going to be like seven days and that's it that's like the most i'll do i know i know yeah and because uh, like they were you know and then we started talking like what was the longest tour you were on and they were all like oh right. you know, like three weeks four weeks right like how about you and i was like well north lincoln went over to europe and we did seven weeks over there and they were like fuck that shit and i was like hey right, man right. it was fun at the time i was 27 i didn't give a shit yeah totally you <laughs> i didn't care it. i couldn't yeah. i couldn't i just was like thinking about it like i couldn't i couldn't imagine you know i know we have we both have friends that do it still and that's what mm -hmm. they do for work and that's cool right. and they're probably staying in hotels and you know yeah. adult things but you know right that would be the only way I could do it, but also I don't want to be away from home that long anymore. And like, I'm kind of, I kind of like my routine I got here. I like my dogs. I like my wife. Like, yeah, I don't really want to be. And then also, you know, shelling out money to stay at a hotel room and just draining mm -hmm. money from my account, and then you know maybe being like, well, let's try to stay with the kid, and then you get to someone's house and it's just this shithole punk. I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, like, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I I remember doing like a month long Greyhound 
trip when I was 20 mm -hmm. um, and going, whereas like you could just use your ticket whenever, you know, loosely have a couple anchor points and then just be free the rest of the time. Yeah. And um, I, I went to like Little Rock and then we all went from there to um, More Than Music in Detroit. Yeah. What year was this? Um, this That was, I want to say, 95 or 96. Damn. Um, I, the first one that I went to was 97. Okay. I got to see Young Pioneers and uh, we stayed at the same house as them and I was terrified to talk to them because uh, <laughs> they were just that band. I idolized that band so much, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and just massive nerds. But mm -hmm. um, so then uh, went from there to like New York and D.C. and hung out with friends and everything. Yeah. Left uh, a four and a half day trip from D.C. to Olympia on the Greyhound. Holy and, shit. Um, yeah and i had five bucks and a, a bag of bagels and a carton of cigarettes and that's all i had and uh it was just <laughs> fucking miserable i don't i don't doubt it that sounds terrible and you know you're 20 so you're so it's probably resilient. awesome <laughs> i mean it was still terrible yeah um <laughs> even then you know but like yeah. i would just i would have some medical emergency if i try to do that now you know oh yeah I mean, like my I could, back would I'd have to go to the fucking ER or something from my back. I don't know. I couldn't set that long. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, did you do you you quit smoking now? I'm assuming. Yeah, that's been it's been a long time for that. How long has it been? Uh, I want to say 15 years. Jesus, I'm still like I'm, I'm one of those people that socially does it. And I, yeah. I, it's the one it, I don't outside of like going to band practice or going to a show or something. I just don't smoke at home. I don't yeah. do it. It's just when I go on these social things and like, I got to yeah. stop doing it. It's my grandma. So she's like, you know, the second I get a terminal illness, I'm firing up. <laughs> so that's a, I feel like that's a good policy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely heard that from people too like yeah. people that are not smokers anymore they're like if i find out like first thing i'm doing yeah 25 dollars a pack i'll take it yeah no shit i earlier when we were talking you mentioned the uh, young pioneers didn't you put out a cassette collection for them yeah i put so out eventually like a, you got over eventually your... <laughs> i was the cool guy that's right yeah. so what yeah. you put out for him uh it was essentially like a best of tape um mm -hmm. and then it was like the A side kind of like selected things. Um, and then side B was a live unreleased show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Came with a download code. There's a band camp and still up and everything like that. So I'm surprised you didn't put a young pioneer song on this list, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, that's the thing. That's why you're such a jerk is because you only give us five songs. <laughs> yeah. That's know? the thing is like, I've told everybody this, like, just think of the five, like what the first five things that come to your mind, r go with that. It's, yeah. It's a like lot 10, like going up. Yeah. 10 would be 10, too long. You know? 10 would right. be too long. Cause we'd be here forever as you can right. tell. Cause it's kind of like, mm -hmm. I want to treat these as like conversations when then we eventually talk about music. Right. 10 would just be, yeah, so, be forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, I love that band. I love their uh, sloppiness. Mm -hmm. um, and yet they're still tuneful. They have like an aesthetic. Um, yeah. Everything about them. I dig it.
Uh, have you been to uh, Brooks's restaurant in New York? No, I'm not much of a jet setter myself. I haven't been to uh, New York in like 25 years. Oh well, you might have to go there now. Yeah, Mister. Throw uh, a cassette down. Boom. Yeah, <laughs> Mister. Random House uh, author. Yeah, you might right. have to go to New York now. Yeah, it's who just... knows? I, we may be maybe doing that. <laughs> well, let's check out Pterodon and the song Iron Lung from their LP v- Viva. I almost said Via uh, at the <laughs> drive-in song. No, that would work too. Sure. No, Viva. Uh, yeah. Here it is. song iron lung from their lp viva and you're listening to my podcast give me danger radio with my guest keith rawson um keith we're down to the last song dun 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 the last song and your last song on your list is by a band called life went pear and the song is called about about from the album guess what it's called about about hmm, so title track all right is this uh, again this is probably another review that came in that you heard about because they're from germany so i was like there's no way that you saw them play over here or maybe you did (laughs) no this is um this is a uh band i got for review and the thing that's different about this band is they're still um i wanted to get like at least i know arms a lot that's still around and doing stuff but i was just like oh my god so many bands that have like from yesteryear that have you know like skinny love is like a 13 14 year old song at this point so Mm -hmm. um wanted to have something contemporary so 
this is just a band that I uh, heard recently and I fucking love them. And I think they're like doing like a Leatherface thing in their own way, you know, like it's yeah. just so good. I picked that up a hundred percent when I first heard it. Yeah. It was like, these guys really like uh, the LP mush. Right. Right. Which everybody should like, cause it's one of the best records probably ever made. I think. Right. And that's saying a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah. So like you got it for review and you got into it. So do you know anything else about them? Have you r- written to them or like, yeah. Oh yeah. I wrote a fan letter for sure. And they're like, thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Here's uh, we recorded a new LP. So they have a bunch of new stuff out um, oh, that's or cool. not e- another EP. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage everyone to check them out. They're so good. Life went pair is all like one word. Um, but yeah, they're fantastic. I knew when I read their name, I was like, they have to be, right like english is not their first language yeah right, right. Yep, totally. <laughs> but i mean it sounds yeah. good i mean life went pair yeah. i don't know what it means but it works the the right. phonetic it works well <laughs> yeah totally i do you know like i i mean i obviously i know nothing about this band but are they do they have plans to come over here and tour have they been over here or like no i don't think they have um and but if they do like i will certainly be uh front row bumping into everyone and apologizing you know what i mean <laughs> um be awesome i was gonna say what's the last show you went to do you even do you Dude, remember the, i mean i've been to like various shows like at a uh, kenton club and stuff yeah. which is right by my house which was funny enough before covid the last show that i went to was a kiss cover band or not a kiss a, a clash cover band and uh i got you know a little uh too intoxicated and just like <laughs> <laughs> I got like I wasn't like a jerk to them, but I got like s- kind of snotty and like lofty, like oh my god, like because th- they can clearly play their instruments, and so they decide to cover a band, and I was just like, what the hell is that? That's so dumb. Like, why not write your own music? Blah blah blah. And then yeah. I went without seeing a live band for a year plus, and was like, what I wouldn't give to watch that Clash cover band, you know. <laughs> um, and like what they're doing is great. Like who fucking cares? That's awesome. If you can yeah. be that comfortable on guitar to like just learn an entire set of someone else's music, like fuck it, man. <laughs> so that was the last show you went to? Pre-COVID. And then Pre-COVID. I thought, you know, I've seen other bands uh, since, you know, restrictions have eased up and everything. Any shows that stick out or not really? Uh, you know, uh, I was really into a band called the Lazy Cowgirls. As a younger, uh, oh yeah, younger that band, I, that band rules. Yeah, they're like a great garage punk band that was on Sympathy for the Record Industry, mm-hmm. and that guy Pat Todd uh, played. He has a new band called Pat Todd and the Rank Outsiders, and they played at the Kenton Club. And, oh no uh, shit! Yeah, and uh, my wife and I went, and um, it was so fun. Like we, yeah, and he's got to be in his sixties at this point, you know. and uh kind of got some like younger ringers to fill in certain spots and like it was fucking awesome that's crazy that how long ago was that Uh, i don't know that was like maybe nine months ago oh wow yeah wow um and i've been to shows in the interim like since then i just they're not coming to mind yeah we you bringing up the cover band the clash cover band thing um yeah that band that i'm playing in with stan and john and matt from bothers we don't have a name yet so i i wish i could just say a name but i have to list everybody's in the playing music right right fucking band name but 
which is the worst part. I'm in two band, two new bands currently, and neither of them have a name because we can't. It's the worst right. part about being in a band. You got to yeah. pick a name. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, that everyone's got to agree on. Right. You know, you yeah. can't get that name where it's like three people that's... agree and then one person's like, "No, I don't like it." Yeah, <laughs> that's why like titling a book is so easy in comparison. You know. Yeah, because it's just you. Yeah, totally. Right. <laughs> but like we were talking at practice on Thursday about, um, you know, Portland is I don't want to use the word notorious because that's not the right word. But Portland um, is kind of a sucker for the Halloween cover set mm-hmm. uh, bands doing cover sets at like Blackwater or whatever, you know, covering. Hey, we got one band that's doing Cox Bar or whatever is going on. Right. And so those guys were like, what? John and Stan were like, you know what we should do for Halloween? is we should do a born against cover set. Oh wow. And I was like, yes, I will definitely do that. So Yeah. That's definitely something that's like on the table for us to do possibly this Halloween right. if cuz Matt plays in a new band as well called Fever Sleep. Mhm. And they're kind of picking up steam and doing stuff and they went down we they went down to Fest and this year and played and so they might go back down for Fest this year, oh, which right, right. of course yeah. It's always on Halloween weekend. So yeah, totally. Um, right. So we're like, I was like, you know, if they don't play it, then yeah, sure, we can do it. That's awesome because I doubt that I'll be playing fest. Maybe we will. I have no idea. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I've never, I've done the but, cover set once in my life. Again, I, you know, we were talking about how you're a musician and I, I am know, not. Twice, I've done I, it a few times actually. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you can actually do like do shit like where you play other people's songs. I tried to learn Skulls by the Misfits and was like, this shit is too hard. <laughs> you know, like too many chord changes. Can't do it. Oh, man. That, I, even me being a drummer who can barely play guitar, I play guitar like a freaking right? Neanderthal. I, can, yeah, there you go. I could play that song. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's the level of uh, prowess I'm talking about. <laughs> You're, I mean... I feel like I've I feel like I've had to have heard a band that you're in or seen a band that you're I Dude, feel this like this is you're... just pity shit right here. It's no, okay. no, no, no. Okay, I feel man. like you're not okay. that bad. I feel like you're not that bad. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. But I, 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 I don't know. I mean, I'm the same person that, you know, I've recorded um, on a few records and I can't listen to a single one of them. Yeah, right, right. Can't do it. Like Bothers, that new Bothers record, I gotta, you know, I have my copy here. And I've got the test press too. And I remember getting the test press and putting it on the turntable and listening to the first like 45 seconds of the first song and being like, yeah, it's fine enough. Press it up. Yeah. Right. Right. Yep. (laughs) I was like, I can't do it. And it's not like, I'm not saying like it's shit or whatever. It's just like, I, I'm so self-critical of that shit because I'll listen to it and I'll just go, I should have did that part differently. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's why, you know, if I ever, could muster up the ability to write something and put it out there yeah i don't think i'd ever be able to look at it again but that's the cool thing about (laughs) um writing versus music recording is you get editors and like when i you know fever house it was like ninety thousand words and my editor was like oh i want to buy this like i don't talk to people unless i want to buy their book but like i want you to add like thirty thousand words to this and here's where I want more information. What do you think? And you know what I mean? So it's not oh, yeah, like, yeah. it's like a collaborative effort, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there were people who were like, I, I want to say it was like Alice Monroe who gave a reading on like a 30 year old book. Like she was doing a reading and read a short story she'd published like 30 years ago. And people noticed that there were still like notes in the margins. So she was still changing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, like re- ever evolving. Yeah, totally. And like LPs, you can't do that with, you know? Nope. Nope. So. Once it's once it's once it's there and pressed and you know right. and done. I mean, I guess you could be, you know, I've found out like um I saw that, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for social distortion, early social distortion. I like mm-hmm. social distortion. I don't Oh, care. I absolutely I love that man. Totally. Yeah, I do too. And I they rightfully get shit, but I like them. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But I like noticed on the whatever Apple music or you know, Spotify, whatever you use, if you look up I want to say it's greatest hits or there's two greatest hits. And one of the greatest hits ones is them re-recording all the songs. Uh-huh. And yeah. You can do feels, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you, unlike a book, if you re-record a song that someone has an attachment to that's already been put out, they're going to notice it just feels forced and yeah. wrong I, I am not into that shit personally no yeah i hate like it and re-recording that's... like we're better musicians now let's re-record this like nobody wants that dude no we fell in you love might. with yeah we, we fell in love with the 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 original for a reason the shitty version yeah yeah totally because the shitty version you weren't that good but you had all the right. passion in the world behind it yeah totally you were still yep. hungry. You're not uh, fat and rich living up in the Hollywood right. Hills now. And like, you know, I didn't like, like, I just recently saw that you two um, are putting out a new record, but it's reinterpretations of all their old hits. Uh huh. What the fuck for? Yeah. That's just like, that's, that's like pompous a, a, bullshit. It's a, just like a fun thing for them to do, you know? <laughs> are they going to force it onto my, uh, iphone right. like they did with their yeah. other record right right good yeah, fucking god totally. um well anyway keith i've kept you for a while we've chatted quite some time uh quite some time for sure um yeah but before i let you go um again this was awesome because we haven't talked in a while yeah so it was a lot of fun yeah um, but before you get out of here and i get out of here uh tell everybody where they can find out more information about you fever house you know what's going on where they can yeah. find everything um i have a website which is just my name uh, dot com and that's got links and and stuff to like my previous books all my short stories and all that and then once we get a live pre-order link and cover for fever house which should be i want to say like in the next couple weeks um all that stuff will go live um then uh you'll be able to pre-order that book but yeah like i mean before this i put out a lot of other books and i think they're all rad so like maybe your listeners could check one of those out yeah do Um, it do it head over to his website go to where the book section is you'll see it's pretty pretty obvious click and i mean you know at this point just put my name and books and it's like order away you know what i mean like it's not hard anymore yeah yeah Check out Keith's stuff. Um, you can find him on social media if people want to find you there too. Yeah. Uh, on the Instagrams and the Facebooks and I think the you Twitter do you have, do you, have you do have a Twitter? 
I do. I keep vacillating between ditching and not. Um, yeah. I but have yeah, one too, but I don't really, I don't get it really. I mean, I, I get it. I, I get what it is. It. What's it's, that? Before the Musk takeover, it was actually my preferred spot. Um, but it's, it's changed a lot in the past, like four months, three months. Yeah. Wow. See, that's the thing is like, I never, I wasn't like a, like a heavy user of it. So I don't really understand. Like I see a lot of people be like, like, well, that's it. I'm out of here. And yeah. Like, totally. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's its whole other conversation, but yeah. So for now I'm there. We'll see. Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, Keith, it was awesome catching up with you and talking with you. Um, Dude, you too. You Thank had... you so much, John. Yeah. I hope you had fun. Um, oh Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's not forget, we got to play one more song. So here it is, Life with Pear, the song About About from their LP, About About. And this has been my conversation with my friend and author, awesome guy, someone I hope to see out. Punker Punker dad. Punker punker dad. uh, Hope to see out in the real world at some point, Mr. Keith Ross. Thank you again. Awesome. Thanks. See ya.
That was Life Went Pair with the song About About off their LP, About About. And you just listened to my conversation with my good friend Keith Rawson, who's got a new book coming out, Fever House, on the Penguin Random House publishing imprint. It's pretty rad. If you want to head over to Penguin Random House, you can pre-order the book there. You can also head over to Keith Rawson's website to pick up his other books and his collection of short stories. You can also check out stories that he has up there that he's written for numerous publications, listen to other interviews, just check out generally what's going on with Keith. Um, also, at, like I said at the top of the show, if you could head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, rate this podcast, subscribe to it, tell someone you think that might like it about it, that would be really cool. You can also reach me at Gimme Danger Radio at Yahoo uh, or via Instagram at John Massel or on Twitter, either through my Gimme Danger Radio account or my personal account. But I'm rarely on Twitter, so I don't know. I'll check it. If you have a message, do it. I Like I said, I'm rarely on the thing. Uh, trying to work out a show for next week. I'm not sure who I'll be able to get uh, yet. I have some emails out. We'll see who responds and see if they're willing to do it this weekend. It's short notice, but we'll see. Uh, if not a show this next week, I'll have one the following week with my good friend Ty Vaughn, who's the vocalist and guitar player for the band Broadway Calls. They're getting ready to do some shows in California with their good friends, the Flatliners. You can find out information about those shows via the Broadway Calls Instagram or the Flatliners Instagram or either band's Twitter, because I'm assuming they have one. Um, Broadway Calls also put out a record last year. Uh, me and Ty actually did an, a version of this, our upcoming episode, a, f- a while back, and it just never really panned out. I never finished editing it, lost track, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're redoing it, so that should be fun, and that'll be not next week, but the following week. So look forward to that. We might have an episode next week. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep you posted. Anyway, thank you for checking out the show, and we'll see you next time.